Support for a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. All right, Brandon, here we are, man. Dude, I've had a really good week, so episode 115, you ready, man? Oh, uh, there, so I ready? What does this mean? Look, look, Kenny, I'm done. I'm done. I don't have to do this anymore. You you're done. Dude, I just said hi to you. Why are you of, overreacting right now? Because I've hit the big leagues. I've hit the big leagues, baby. That's right. Just like Paul White, I've crossed the line, damn it. I am all elite. That's it. I'm done. I don't have to deal with this nonsense anymore. Wait, where the hell did this graphic come from? What, if I want to talk about make this? size, I can. You, if if I want to talk my... about politics, I can. I'm not worried about your algorithms. I'm done. This is it. I'm not, oh, oh my God. This feels so good. Dude, I mean, can, I can just, you stop oh. messing with my graphics? What were you doing? Dude, we got I'm, a I'm, live I'm wrestling podcast. I'm all elite. What do you mean I'm you're all done? Elite. All elite. Do you understand that? All elite. Okay. Across the line. All right. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but oh. Okay, bye. Hey, yo, it's showtime. Here we go. Buckle up, mask up, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Mr. McMahon in your stereo. I'ma set the stipulation and scenario. Force count everywhere. George drives everywhere. Hit you with a finisher from out of nowhere. Eyes all white with the cold stare. You know I had to go there. Hell yeah, the flow so real. Pennies in my shorts. Just a Kenny for your thoughts. You ain't really ready for the boss. No pennies in my shorts. Just a Kenny for your thoughts. Shooting star deadly off the porch. No pennies in my shorts. Just a Kenny for your thoughts. The most electrifying, steady with the source. Not a penny in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Yeah, just a Kenny for your thoughts. What? The Kenny for your thoughts podcast. So you're here now? What's going on? That's you decided that's right, to do class. the podcast one last time, or, or what's up? You know what? I, I, I'll see. You know, we're, we're going to do a little practice around here. I want to see what happens with my pay raise after this episode's done. That's all right now. The only thing I'm going to pay right, you with. That's right, Wes. I'm going to sign. What's up, Wes? I haven't seen Wes on this chat in a while. So what is up? Oh, shit. Brandon signed with JD from NY. People are saying, right. Kenny shaved. Good on you, Brandon. Yeah, I shaved. I don't like it. I got like this new barber kit. Uh, what do you call it? A straight razor, I should say. And it was like kind of going to be a waste if, uh, if I didn't shave my beard off. You know what I mean? So I just did it, but I miss it already. I want to actually grow my Iron Sheik mustache back. Have you been using the uh, the Manscaped kit, man? And the lotions? I actually have. <laughs> you want to see? <laughs> do you want to see? I knew it. Do you just do it just to do it now? Or do you like, is it a special occasion? Or do you just like, you know what? I do it hell? to impress you, Brandon, and you never say anything. Uh, so, uh, you know, just it's just it's just really irritating. Okay. But Brandon, I guess since you're uh, carrying the podcast now, can we talk uh-huh. about something that uh, actually really irritated me on um, the internet? And this is kind of totally off of all the major subjects, because we're, we're going to talk about it. We'll talk about Paul White joining AEW, Bobby Lashley possibly becoming WWE champion, The Miz cashing in. We'll talk about it all. Were you adjusting mm-hmm. yourself here? What, you didn't put your Manscaped lotion on? <laughs> I didn't put on my lotion. I'm chafing a little bit. Fuck it. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> Everyone's like intros fire, but you can't take Brandon seriously. Brandon, they can't take you seriously. Why is that? What do you mean you can't take because me seriously? Because you have serious business. You have the jurisdiction of a three-year-old child. 
it's like my daughter says i hate you forever daddy because i didn't give her a piece of chocolate or something like that's uh, the conviction you have because uh, i know in a couple hours she's like daddy can i have something exactly how you talk to me daddy can i have something wait so what, what is it about the interwebs that uh, made you angry yep you there brandon uh oh Apparently, I cut Brandon's microphone. I just got so pissed off here. Brandon, put your microphone back on. Oh, oh boy. It's okay. Maybe it's me. Brandon, maybe it's me. Let's try, let's try a different AirPod, okay? I can't be just talking to myself. I know last week, last week, all I did was talk to myself on the podcast. And it was the most irritating thing in the world. In fact, a lot of people were telling me, Brandon, they go, um, what the hell was up with Brandon last week? Because he wasn't even talking. He might as well not have been there. Brandon, they can't hear you. Like Hold on. Don't even... like... There we go. Look, now you're back. Now you're back. Just like ACDC. Back in black. Back. They're saying Brandon's right. a mute now. Am I mute again? No, they're saying you were a mute. See, everyone's saying it's a work. <laughs> I don't understand. Brandon, okay, look, yeah. I get it. I get it. You're all elite. You think we're a WWE podcast, but we're not. We cover AEW and WWE. Why are you trying to sabotage this podcast? I have no way. Brandon, it's fixed. Sabotage. Stop touching your stick. I'm not touching your Hands stick. off your stick. Show me your hands. Both Show hands. <laughs> that but let me tell you about what what irritated me uh, -huh. uh on the interwebs this week uh because a lot of people were saying stuff about stevie ray booker t's brother and saying mm -hmm. wow stevie ray got carried to the hall of fame by his brother booker t ah do you not do you, wait so you don't think i completely booker disagree t or stevie ray's career by himself warranted Ah, you see, you see how how you just said it though. Uh -huh. That's not what people were saying. Mm. Essentially, they were saying that Booker T was the guy that carried Stevie Ray to the Hall of Fame, as if Harlem Heat wasn't such a big tag team together. Mm. It's kind of like okay, the way they viewed it was kind of like this podcast where we know I'm carrying you right to a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> like like that's what they thought was happening with booker t and stevie ray but to say that stevie ray is the brandon brown of harlem heat is just completely inappropriate yeah, yeah. okay because I, I do a lot more than, than stevie ray does obviously right so yeah holy I, crap i understand um, the comparison no but all jokes aside dude the thing is a lot of people don't realize that Stevie Ray was the glue that held Harlem Heat together. Booker T didn't know how good he was when Harlem Heat started. Hell, Stevie Ray was the one that got Booker T into the wrestling business. So for people to say Booker T carried Stevie Ray is to not understand who even came up with the whole concept of Harlem Heat. Who got that gimmick over and then let Booker T find uh, his talent, find himself, and then go on to better things. Does that make sense? It's like they needed each other. Absolutely. In order to make it work anyway. Absolutely. And, and my thing is Stevie Ray, when I hear the word sucker, I don't think of Booker T. I hear Stevie Ray because believe it or not, early on in the, Har early on in the Harlem Heat days, it was actually Stevie Ray who was the promo guy. Mm. Like really think about that. Booker T was never a bad promo, right? 
But he wasn't confident enough to speak. But Steve Ray would get on the mic and be like, I see all you suckers. You want to come face the Harlem Heat? Bam, bam, bam. You know, and be that guy. And he just had the confidence. He exuded the confidence. And Booker T would just come in with like a couple words. So you can't tell me that Stevie Ray got carried to the Hall of Fame as much as he groomed his brother to be the superstar that he became. So again, it's like you said, one doesn't happen without the other. Right? Now like the Manny Booker Piff, got his own right. song. Booker T's song is the Harlem Heat song. <laughs> but Manny <laughs> Piff, right, but yeah, the uh you're talking about Bad Bunny, sorry. Bad yeah. Bunny. So Manny Piff says no Stevie Ray, no Harlem Heat. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Booker T doesn't happen unless stevie ray is in the picture what are you doing right now five times five but times. brandon has no concept of gravity or depth perception <laughs> or anything brandon literally <laughs> right. like all you Everything's have to do is just hold up your hand to the camera <laughs> and brandon is with little beady eyes he's looking at the, uh, the obs and he's, he's like <laughs> no wonder no wonder I, you Brand, yeah. okay, no wonder you want the controls inverted every time you come over <laughs> You got to invert the controls, man. You can't. There's no other way to do it. <laughs> Diego's making fun of me because I said Bad Booney. Bad Booney. I've, I've been saying that every episode. Apparently, Diego's not paying attention. He's like Brandon yeah. on a first date when she starts yawning. Wow. No, no one ever yawns on my first date. Exactly my early, point because that means you never, don't notice it. Yeah. <laughs> They've gone to the bathroom and never come yeah. back. Yeah. That happens he does, but that's it. Never, never a dull moment. Oh, man. Brandon, can we talk about something that happened uh, that you missed because you refused to come over to watch the pay-per-view? <laughs> so at Elimination <laughs> Chamber, <laughs> let's start hot yeah. and heavy. The Miz wins the WWE title by cashing in money in the bank. First of all, Elimination Chamber was a great pay-per-view. Far- oh, wow. Look, now <laughs> look at him. Now he can yeah. uh, 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 take huh? that. Oh, look at that. I don't know right which way to the go. camera. I'm looking right into their souls right now. That's right, baby. The Miz. Take that, internet. <laughs> People are saying so angry. Brandon, so Brandon knows dating tips. No, absolutely he doesn't. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> I should write a book, man, about dating, bro. I'm like the dating king. You know, speaking of which, but, actually, that was a good segue, and you didn't even know uh, that I was going to do this. Uh, uh, so I bought a book. It's called, I don't know, I guess it's all transparent because it's kind of yellowish green. It's called You Are a Badass. How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. Now, I've bought this book for a couple friends, um, all jokes aside, you know, friends who I see potential in, and um, bought them a couple copies. I have the hardcover editions of all of these books, right? These are my, this is my favorite book series by Jen Sincero. And um, I bought this for myself, not realizing it was paperback. I have the hardcover editions. Yeah. So when I bought it, I said, all right, I'm going to buy the hardcover for myself. But since I have the paper edition, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, Brandon, who do I know that I see a lot of potential in? Who do I know that always has my back and I see greatness in them and I want to give this book to? Uh, dude, you, you don't have to do that. I mean, you don't have to give me that. So, book. Brandon, if you find somebody, definitely let me know. Um, anyway, getting back oh. to it. What? Wow. Are you serious? What? I'm thinking you're going to give me a book. <laughs> you like. Well, you don't know how to read, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get these little read books. I read books every now and then. I think what? I'm a badass. 
Like right. the Miz? These are for people who actually can become a badass, though. Uh, you're just bad, and you're an ass. Ah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Getting back to the Elimination Chamber. The, yeah, the book I need to give you is the Bible, Brandon, because you need Jesus. So... <laughs> Getting back to the Elimination Chamber. I had to roast you this episode I because I, I have some pent-up frustration from the last episode. Where I was like basically left to hang by, on, by my ankles from the gallows, you know, by myself. But anyway, <laughs> Elimination Chamber, um, I thought was really good. A really good pay-per-view. It was nice and short and sweet. Uh, but at the end of the night, obviously Drew McIntyre goes over. And then the Miz comes out, cashes in the WWE, uh, the Money in the Bank for the WWE Championship, and the internet went freaking wild because all of a sudden they said the Miz is a joke. Why would he cash in? He's only worked or he's only won two matches in 2021, and now he's our WWE Champion. Fuck this company. Vince McMahon doesn't yeah. know how to book. On and on with the spiel. I said, guys, the first and foremost, he's a heel. You're not supposed to like his title win. And if you did, something would be wrong. He, the, the Miz is one of the most legitimate heels out there because you legit don't like him when he does the really correct. All of that Co stuff is annoying. Okay? Yeah. Fernando says it's a seven, uh, the Elimination Chamber was a 7.5. Brandon's a 7.5 oh, 7. too. Since you, no, no, since, since you wanted to talk about my, my penis last oh, week wow. on the episode, okay. but yeah, I guess we're going to talk about yours. Yeah. No, centimeters, not average, inches. Right? Centimeters, not inches. Oh. But getting back to it, people were saying The Miz is a joke. He's only won two matches. I, and they were saying Drew McIntyre is buried. There's that word again, buried. Buried no. literally means, think about the word. People don't understand the definition. What is buried, Brandon? When someone dies, buried? what is buried? Yeah, it's, it's when like you put you, their six body feet six feet yeah. deep, can't get them out of where they are. They're in the dirt. Right? Yeah. So just on common sense alone, the word buried is a very dramatic way to say that someone's career is pretty much done. Right? Like there's no saving yeah. them. Drew McIntyre losing to The Miz, and I'm not even going to get into what I was going to get into about how he lost, but just because he lost to The Miz doesn't mean he's buried. Because there's still merit to Drew McIntyre, right? Right. Okay. So now, still, yeah. go ahead. No, no. Good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying there's still big match potential. He was just the champion, and he was the champion for a while. It wasn't just like they took it right off of a dominant yeah, champion. It, right, 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 right. And, and that's, in the manner that he lost it too. It's not like well, that's exactly what I want to get yeah. into. A lot of people said, "Well, this guy beat." Goldberg, he beat Brock Lesnar, and now he's losing to The Miz? And I'm like, guys, wins and losses. A lot of people in the IWC, for some reason, think that wins and losses mean everything. Wins and losses don't mean shit. It's how you got to that, the win and how you got to the loss. Drew McIntyre has beat people clean on the way to the WWE Championship and then defended it, beating people clean. How did he lose, Brandon? He was in an elimination chamber for 45 minutes, beat everybody that was in that match, right? Won that. Was sitting there. Bobby Lashley comes out, who Bobby Lashley in kayfabe is one of the most protected people in WWE right now, right? Bobby Lashley is not losing. I mean, hell, he didn't lose the United States Championship at elimination chamber, right? He wasn't the one to take the pinfall. So in kayfabe... 
Bobby Lashley still like still can say I am a strong um, champion. I never lost the United States Championship. I lost it. I lost it by circumstance. Scott Steiner right here comes in and goes. He lost because of a thirty-three point three percent chance. You know, with some Steiner math. But my thing is okay. So Drew wins the chamber. He gets beat by one of the most over characters, or one of the most protected, I should say, characters in Bobby Lashley, and then the Miz who, again, is a dastardly heels, only won two matches in 2021, comes out with a contract that is just happenstance that he is able to have a WWE title match and cashes in at the most opportune time against Drew McIntyre and wins. That is not a burial. You know what a if burial would have been? Yeah. If Drew McIntyre was standing there on Monday Night Raw, fresh as a daisy, right? Miz comes in, <laughs> says, I don't need this money in the bank. I'll win. I'll beat you in a match. Wins clean. That's a burial. <laughs> right. And this is the point of having the money in the bank is so it could be for a guy that comes out of nowhere and like could win it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank like you. People are forgetting you know? that the whole point of money in the bank was to be almost a heel, a heel thing. Edge did the same thing on the first money in the bank. Um, cash in. In fact, he did it. it he, we can argue that the Miz did worse than what Edge did because Edge came in after John Cena beat everybody in the Elimination Chamber, and then just cashed in. He didn't have somebody come out and kick, you know, uh, John Cena's ass. So again, how are we saying? How are you? How are you saying John Cena is not buried in 2006 if he lost worse per se? But Drew McIntyre is buried. You know what it comes down to? People just wanted to look for a reason to hate Drew McIntyre. <laughs> because once you're the cool thing, right? Our, example, our podcast became one of the most popular podcasts. All of a sudden, you would see people, not, and not nobody in this chat right now. I don't want the, I'm not calling anybody <laughs> out. But you would <laughs> see that people that. who were like, oh, this is the great up and coming podcast. They would start saying, this is bullshit. They do the same shit every week. I don't like it. Because people yeah, like like a Brandon, they just want to <laughs> they just want to hate to hate. They only they only wow. they only want to like something before it's cool. Once it's cool, <laughs> that's it. And Chris says this live right now going to be legendary. Damn right, I got more ranting to do. There's a lot coming. <laughs> there is a lot coming in this episode. All right. A lot of ejaculation, Brandon, because we're becoming. <laughs> Never mind. Wow. <laughs> I was gonna say because well, I'm becoming. <laughs> you see, and then he's gonna he's gonna be like, oh, you, you demonetized this show, man. Brandon. <laughs> say weird stuff. I'll tell you off air because <laughs> yeah. if if I say it on air, we'll get freaking buried in the search right now. But point is, there is little. There are things that I tell Brandon not to say. Yeah. Because YouTube literally has policies that say we. Don't want this on air right now. And Brandon says it all the time. <laughs> ejaculation is okay, though. You, you can say now. ejaculation on air. You can say ejaculation. Look, if JD from NY can say, This fucking guy, Vince McMahon, doesn't know how to book a fucking pay-per-view. If he can talk like that, for love of God, I could, I could say the word ejaculate. You okay? can say ejaculate. Okay. All right? Maybe yeah. I should talk like that. You know what I just realized? I like it fired up when I, when I said that. <laughs> I literally was like, nah, I'm ready to do a wrestling podcast episode. All right? Well, Brandon, so The Miz wins the yeah. WWE Championship, your favorite wrestler in this world. You missed Fuck it completely. Not. So when you wanted to come over <laughs> to watch a speech on Monday Night Raw, what did I say? 
oh yeah first you tease me you're like oh yeah cool this is going down and so i'm like all right cool i get to see the miz i'm excited he's gonna come out there have a celebration for the belt and then you just like gutted me last minute <laughs> like oh no it's i said no i said no my exact words were brandon didn't come over for the title win why should why does he deserve to see the coronation oh man it was the coronation come on man it was actually a really good Please. episode of Raw, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. Anybody in the chat, what'd you think of Monday Night Raw? People are saying, Hush, Diego, you're an instigator. Yeah, I, I want him to instigate, though. It's funny. It's funny this way. <laughs> I think they, did they get a little, they got a little bumpski, a little ratings bumpski. A little bit, but <laughs> not like a lot. Draws. But, you know, huh? Biz draws, bro. That's what <sighs> you want to see, Biz. That's the thing. What people don't realize is like... <laughs> Like, it's not even that, oh, who draws and who doesn't draw, but fans like surprises. Fans like, you know, unexpectedness. And look, Chris, literally, all, right, like, right on cue. Kenny, I got to give WWE credit. Well, damn, the chat just went five off right there. Kenny, I got to give WWE credit. This chamber was unexpected. Exactly. You didn't see this shit coming, right? If you, if you saw this coming, if you say you saw this coming, you're full of shit. WWE did something good this week, all right? They were unpredictable. It's, I, never, I always say it doesn't matter if it's good or bad as long as it's unpredictable, right? Was Be it better for him to cash in now, or would you have rather him like wait until Mania or the Raw after Mania to do it or something like that? You know no, I mean? or because like this is a nice... We're on the road to WrestleMania to have a surprise yeah, on the way like, there yeah, is really good because I think we know where this is headed, which we'll get into. But I'll save that a little bit later. Any Raw that has Braun Strowman getting squashed is a good Raw. That's another <laughs> thing I want to talk about was the hate that Braun Strowman received. There was a lot of people saying, I fucking hate Braun Strowman. I don't like him. And those same people were saying, uh, they were saying, you know, oh, he's not over. Fuck this guy. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Like, why is he here? <laughs> then Bobby Lashley beats, which I guess we should get into the Bobby Lashley stuff to explain yeah. it but we'll, we'll get into it bobby lashley beats braun Strowman clean and people are like wow that was impressive how the fuck was it <laughs> impressive if braun Strowman wasn't over <laughs> do you see the irony in the situation here if braun Strowman's not over if braun Strowman doesn't mean anything how was it impressive and then people are saying well because he's a big guy the great Kali yeah. was a big guy, and nobody was impressed when he was losing his ass on Velocity or whatever the show he was on. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, people, like, and look, uh, Kyle says, I just hate his gloves. I do too, actually. That's the funny part. I hate well, that he looks like, like a landscaper. Gloves? Like, it's, it's, I, I, I like want Braun Strowman to look like what he did before with the singlet and stuff. What? Right, the gloves are unnecessary. I just want to see him rip uh. me to, with his bare hands. What I monster like among men wears gloves to protect his little fingies? He looks like a, like an army guy or something. I think it looks kind of neat. He's not in the army. People saying <laughs> I hate his egghead. You know, this is this is really really um, superficial. Uh -huh. But I have not been the biggest Braun Strowman fan in that sense. Like since uh, you, you don't since like he his cut head? his hair. Yeah, I, oh. I like that look for him. Even though he's receding, it was just like a good look for him. Uh, Bukaki for your thoughts, Diego. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I, my point again is a lot of people are saying, you know, fuck Braun Strowman. 
he's not good, and then saying how impressive it was that Bobby Lashley beat him. I feel like you can't have one or the other. It's like you're working yourselves a little bit too much with the situation. Because obviously he has to be good. They're like, no, no, no. But we know Vince likes him in uh, WWE booking, so that's why it's impressive. And it's like, again, you're working yourselves way too hard here. Let's just stop no, at Braun Strowman. It was impressive he beat Braun Strowman. What are you saying, though? No, yeah, no, it was Braun. He was hurt, right? For a little bit in there. So he was hurt, I think, and then came back at the Rumble. Then he, unfortunately, I think, got a blood infection or something Ooh. happened, like with an elbow or elbow infection or something like that. So he was out a couple weeks again, even though that was his return. So that's why, yeah, he was like yeah, off again randomly. Starting, yeah, yeah, starting yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's still, yeah, it's still Brown Strowman. It's still a big. Big pickup. You gotta build up Lashley. But look at what Chris says here. Lashley beat a former world champion, Braun. World champion. It's a, it, in kayfabe. Like again, I think my friend always says it. He goes, "I think we watch wrestling correct." And what he means by that is, we take a step back when the show is on, and we approach everything in kayfabe. We approach it like a Marvel movie, where it's like I'm not commenting on, you know, the director shouldn't have uh, done this scene here because I think it really doesn't show the vision of, uh, you know, where, where Captain Marvel's supposed to go and uh, where this is, this is how this should happen. That's not how we're viewing things. We're viewing things like, holy shit, The Miz is a stupid asshole because he's such a dastardly heel that he cashed in on, on Drew McIntyre. What a bitch thing to do. I fucking hate The Miz. But you see how we're like approaching it as if it was real, not like this was the wrong booking decision. Uh, Vince McMahon shouldn't have put the Miz in that situation when he's his record for 2021 is is two and 15. Yeah, I mean like <laughs> or 15 and two, I should say. Should they just freaking swerve everybody and have Miz show up to me with the belt? you know what's funny though i don't see that happening and um i think that's funny because it would be such it would make me mad you know what i mean but then it's like he's a heel that's what i mean it's like even though i don't like that decision it's like okay i'm supposed to not like it and i can go with it right because wouldn't it be satisfying and then he gets crushed in mania too like it's still kind of worth that right and remember hey drew mcintyre never got to be a champion in front of a crowd so is it, can we argue that, hey, what WWE wants to do, what Vince is doing is, damn it, Drew McIntyre needs the ovation of an audience at WrestleMania. You know, is that what he's doing? That hurt my throat. That's <laughs> <laughs> that hurt my throat worse than all 7.5, never mind. Uh, look, we, we don't need to get into that, all right? Right. So let's get into some AEW stuff before we touch on Lashley. I'll, I'll wanna, I want to get on Lashley, but I, I really kind of want to talk about him uh, for a while there. So let's get into sure. some AEW. Where do you want to start, Brandon? AEW's. Uh, oh, let's get into uh, most improved, Britt Baker. How about that? You really had to <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> what Brandon's talking about. Wait, I was just... Is, you know? is, is what I've affectionately called the Meltsies, <laughs> a.k.a. the 2020 Wrestling Ob- Observer Awards. And here's the thing. <laughs> if you're watching this podcast and you voted in the Wrestling Observer Awards, <laughs> defriend me right now. Stop watching. Because it's the I, worst 
results I've ever seen it on a, the wrestling awards show. Like, what the hell was going on? Please, please, Brandon, I make some sense of this. Like, I worst don't gimmick, anybody. worst yeah. gimmick. Uh-huh. Literally, this might as well be called the I Hate WWE Awards because Meltzer has trained his audience, anybody <laughs> that follows him, to not like WWE and Alvarez too. I'm going to put Brian Alvarez in there too. They've trained their audience not to like WWE. So literally, these, these might as well not include WWE because all of these categories are swerved. <laughs> they're skewed, I Wait. meant to say, not swerved. Yeah, skewed. Like, don't you think they're just like they're like playing into that? They're like, oh, you know, what? we can we can get some people's feathers ruffled if we no, no, you know, no, no, put out because this. because again, this was a fan vote, which means that it's an <sighs> audience that Meltzer uh-huh. and Alvarez are drawing right, right, in, right. which means <laughs> I blame them for conditioning their audience. And Fernando probably says it better than I do. He says Meltzer is in the WWE hate cult. That's what I'm getting at. This was not a fair thing for professional wrestling. And of course, you know, AEW has to go and say, hey, we dominated these awards. Look at AEW. I get that. They got free coverage and stuff. But at the same time, it's not a good look because for it just it just makes it look worse to the WWE casual that's thinking about watching AEW. But then it's like, I don't want to go with them smelly bastards over there. That's the that's the type of fraternity you have. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's right. not a good look, man. What do you think? But, ha- but has like Wrestling Observer sort of held themselves up as sort of like you know the gold standard sort of uh, you know neutral arbiter of bullshit? Because I, I give an example: up. Meltzer three or four years ago, before she came to WWE, said Io Shirai is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Recently, now Meltzer is saying that Io Shirai is shit, basically. <laughs> So do you think it's coincidental that Io Shirai was one of the greatest? Oh, transcends the women's division. She could, you know, right. she's up there. She's better than most of the men here. But now she's just, she can't work apparently, even though she's got the, a better character than she had three or four years ago. So now Io Shirai is shit. What changed? The only thing that changed was the name on the paycheck. And because Meltzer's not getting paid by Vinnie Mac. It seems like all of a sudden he has a problem. You know, people have the joke. If it's in the Tokyo Dome, it'll get an extra star or two. Five stars <laughs> at the Tokyo Dome, right? My thing, again, where I draw the line on these awards, The yeah. Fiend was voted worst gimmick. You know who's voted best gimmick? Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Let's talk. Orange Cassidy. Again, I'm not here to bury Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is one of the best stars. He understands his character. Less is more. He gets it. He understands it. But for all intents and purposes, if you were going to say there was a worst gimmick, right? You got the Fiend, who is this badass character, who is dominant, supernatural they're doing really good with it. And then you got this, again, not burying him, but just on paper, this hokey, lazy character that doesn't really do shit has bluntly fallen very far since the Jericho feud. Because if this were WWE, if Jericho was, it fought um, Orange Cassidy and WWE, right? 
and then they booked Orange Cassidy the way they've been doing, WWE would be getting so much shit right now because they took one of the hottest characters and took them straight down. And I promised Hollis, who's on this chat, that I'd start being a little bit more critical of AEW because, bluntly, I've given AEW a free pass because I want them to succeed. But hey, she said it best. She goes, it's been 18 months. You got to start giving the criticisms. And that's my criticism there, which is Orange Cassidy doesn't get a free pass on this, on the on the booking of Orange Cassidy, I should say. Okay, so for all intents and purposes, how the fuck are you going to say that's the best character? The Fiend's the worst. Flip that, if anything, if we're going off of uh, jaded wrestling fans. Again, that just right there to me was so indicative of bias. How do you have PWI uh, voting Sasha Banks as the number one wrestler in the world? And she what, doesn't even crack, crack the top 10 in this? Oh, yeah, that, that, that was kind of weird. How do you have top feuds yeah. of the year and Sasha and Bailey don't even crack the top 10? Sasha and Bailey dominated the, the WWE scene and they're not even on there. Well, they, they gave uh, Bailey women's MVP, right? Which I guess is don't fucking nice. talk to me like that, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised any WWE people made it on the list. To be honest, right? <laughs> but I, the, you know, as much as I say AEW that, you know, the Kenny Omega yeah. stuff I can agree with, and, and, th- and things uh, like that. You know, go read them off. Read them off. I mean, but what give about me some all points. the John Moxley stuff? Because they gave Moxley a lot of love. I was like, Moxley was good. But was he that good? Like, I, I guess because like, yeah, yeah so he comes like, across as the AEW um, flag bearer, right. and I think that's why the votes went to him. And you know, I said it. I flat out said on AEW, John Moxley hit a promo because I don't want anybody to think I hate AEW. John Moxley hit the promo, a promo that just got to me. I was like, holy crap, that's the best promo in the business right there. Mm-hmm. But then I also said, where's that guy been for a little bit? Because I feel like people give. WWE shit with their booking of Dean Ambrose, but John Moxley with himself kind of does these kind of ups and downs. It's like sometimes when he cares, it's like woo, but sometimes when he doesn't care, you know, he's like he's like a Randy Orton on steroids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, oh, another uh, another one that was kind of interesting. I was interesting to know what you think is uh, they got best weekly TV shows uh, AEW Dynamite. I wonder how do you compare that with maybe SmackDown? No. That's not even my problem. I'm not even my problem wasn't that they voted AEW Dynamite as the best show on TV. My problem was that they voted being the elite over SmackDown. Being the fucking elite, which is a YouTube show, no offense, 20 minute, 30 minute YouTube show. It's a great supplement to AEW Dynamite. But there's times where I tune out of a, being the elite because it's just a, a joke that they've, it's kind of running a little bit too long. Again, I'm not even being critical of being the elite. How it's just how the hell do you say SmackDown is worse than being the elite? That's just <laughs> literally a WWE bias because we just had SmackDown and SmackDown was probably one of the better shows this week. But no, being the elite better than SmackDown. That's where <laughs> that between that and the Fiend being the worst gimmick, I was like, I am right. never subscribing to the Wrestling Observer. <laughs> no. And Hollis says the best. BTE yeah. is a skit show. Exactly my point. That's like rating freaking this week in WWE over uh I don't know, that's a that's a bad example. That's like rating a Kenny for your thoughts podcast over SmackDown. I would never want that. Brandon does. Brandon's like, yeah, give me that fame. <laughs> give me my fifteen minutes. 
And yeah, look, Fernando <laughs> says NXT is better than BTE as well as it should be. Oh. It should be. What we here's what we're gonna do, okay? Uh, Over social yeah. media for the next week, and I'm pledging for this, okay? <laughs> we are going to do these awards. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna do these awards back <laughs> oh, with no. my audience. And we're gonna see how people vote, okay? We love, we like, a, we got a WWE. And don't just give me WWE. I was gonna say, don't give me any WWE bias shit. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I want people to be fair. And and look, yeah. Kyle yeah. asked a question, which is true. What's the difference between wrestler of the year and most outstanding wrestler? It's like the difference <laughs> between what's the difference between biggest idiot in Tampa and Brandon Brown? They are the wow, same okay. yeah. thing. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> to take and this. look, Fernando says Cameron Grimes skits are better than BTE. Cameron Grimes stole the show on NXT this week. Cameron Grimes had no business being as funny as he was. And for some reason, you know, I was leery. And this is to tell you, I'm kind of this fan too. This is why I, I tell people, don't just think I'm defending WWE all the time. When Cameron Grimes came to WWE, I was very, very hesitant because I knew he was good in impact. I knew he'd been like a very good straight shooting serious character and he's coming to WWE and they put him, they gave him the name Cameron Grimes. And I was like, uh, I don't even like that. Then they gave him kind of like hokiness and I was like, oh no, I don't want to see him do that. I'm eating, I'm eating my words right now because Cameron Grimes is the funniest character on NXT right now. Found his groove, he's okay. found yeah. his groove. Exactly. And that's why you got to give WWE credit sometimes because when they want to get it right, they get it right. Small sidebar. So they have Aoife Valkyrie in NXT UK. Right? And I guess let's get into this topic. All right? Um, WWE signed... And I need you to pull up the names here. Uh, WWE signed a bunch of wrestlers this week to the Performance Center. One of them was Taya Valkyrie. Former Impact champ, uh, Women's Champion. Knockout Champion, I should say. Taya Valkyrie is on the roster now when they have Aoife Valkyrie, right? And I was like, you know, Vinny, he's in there. Damn it, people can get confused. There's two Valkyries. Which one's going to land? Okay, we got to change the name of one of them. I, I'm going to throw it out there right now. I think they're going to change Ty Valkyrie's name. And that's controversial, yeah. but I think they're going to change Ty Valkyrie's name. They got to get the impact off of her. Is that why? They got to get the impact <laughs> off her. But God help me if they call her Taya Morrison. Because if she becomes Taya Morrison, she's buried. People are saying maybe she'll just become Taya. I don't think they'll even go with Taya. That's my point. I want you to look at someone like a Punishment Martinez. Punishment Martinez became Damian Priest. Which was a lot better of a name than Punishment Martinez. Let's, first of all, let's say that. WWE gets a lot of shit for their WWE names, but uh, they really did well with Damian Priest. Hit me up in the oh, chat. Oh, snap. Hit they got up. Priscilla Kelly? Oh, snap. They, they, they signed Priscilla Kelly, but what did they name her? Uh, Gigi, Gigi Dolan. Dolan. <laughs> right. They signed Elena Black. She's Cora Jade, which they've been on TV already, you know, under those names. And then look, and look, hey, look. They're pointing out the name of Daniel Bryan's song is the Flight of the Valkyries. Okay? So now we can't have either of them. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, I'm just, kidding. just totally song, kidding. Yeah. People are saying Taya Loco. You must be Loca if you think that's going to be the name. 
And people are saying taking away Taya, I think, would be foolish, but they've done it in the past. Don't put it past WWE to take away Taya. Yeah. But I actually have high hopes. I guess my point is this. I see something in Taya Valkyrie. Obviously, she's, obviously she's very, very talented. So I feel like they're going to come up with something that we're going to look back. And I want you to look back at this episode and go, shit, Kenny was right. Kenny, Kenny saw it before we saw it. Because I'm trying to think like WWE here, right? And Dr. NXT Scorpio just hit the freaking drop the mic moment. Because everybody's trying to say taking away Taya would be foolish, right? He said Mia Yim became reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it past WWE. All right? I don't like the name. Uh, yeah, I do want to say, uh, you know, you got Ty Vakery, and you got LA Knight. LA Knight's in that class, Once too. Once again, TNA. Uh, but again, wait, wait, wait. The but there's a perfect example. Saving Eli Drake. Eli Drake had a perfect name, and they still changed it. I'm okay with LA Knight, mind you. I would have preferred Eli, Eli Knight as opposed to uh, <laughs> LA Knight. But the point is, even WWE changed his name, and people said, we, can't, we couldn't change his name. Look at this right here. Perfect example, Diego says. When Prince Devitt came to WWE, Fergal Devitt, everybody said his WWE name was the stupidest thing they've ever heard. I remember those reports. I can't believe they would change Prince Devitt and especially change it to that jobber name. You know who that guy became? Finn Balor. And Diego says Finn Balor feels normal now. Right. <laughs> That's how Vince does it to you, bro. He normalizes. But I can't imagine him not being Finn Balor. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. And that's what I'm saying. WWE gets it right sometimes. Now, when you name, uh, oh my God, the women used to get some terrible names, though. Like, you know, when you take Lisa Marie Veron and call her uh, Victoria, I guess that was actually a good one. Victoria was good. Yeah. But the, what are you doing right now? You look like you're flustered. Did, did somebody just like. Tell you did, did someone just tell you they're pregnant with your child? Like what just happened here? I, I, I knocked over my phone. <laughs> and um, they're talking about uh, Leah Key became what? WWE had a, had a guy named Leah Key. What did he become? Oh, wow. Roman Reigns. It made sense. Tyler Black to Seth Rollins. Look look at the names in the chat. And look think about look. Kyle says it best here. I remember all these reports. <laughs> We're talking about name for the timestamps here, uh, Fernando. We're talking about name changes. That's what you can put. Uh, <laughs> but remember when Antonio Cesaro debuted in WWE, right? Claudio Castellano, 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 crazy. He became no, but he became Antonio Cesaro, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then he became Cesaro. And everyone said, why would you drop Antonio? That's stupid. Vince only likes one person names. This is dumb. Can you imagine calling him Antonio Cesaro now? Or you, do you just think Cesaro? Because you remember Vince's reason was Antonio doesn't sound like a strong enough name. He's a Cesaro. And I'll be damned if he wasn't right. He was exactly right. Is, yeah, is that why they dropped the Langston? <laughs> Biggie, Biggie Langston sounds weird. It really does now when you say Biggie Langston to Biggie. Here's another one that I, I said this on the podcast and I was dead wrong. I said it's dumb because he sounds like uh, the name was really good before. Elias Sampson. I thought Elias Sampson was a money name. What did he become? Elias. 
And I can't imagine mm. the, you know, who wants to walk with Elias? I can't imagine who wants to walk with Elias Sampson. Like, I, Vince gets it right sometimes. It's just like, I give you a perfect example of Vince getting it right too. Alexander Rusev. I didn't know this would devolve into, uh, mm. you know, this, but the, hey, this is a great conversation. Alexander Rusev. I couldn't imagine just, you know, Alexander Rusev. Because after a while it was Rusev. Rusev crush. Right? Yeah. But, um... Wait, hold on. What, what about Buddy Murphy? What was he before? Buddy Murphy. Now he's just uh, Murphy. Okay. But that one I disagree. Right, I actually I, disagree uh, with. He should I, still like be Buddy, Buddy Murphy. Yeah, yeah that, there's one or two. <laughs> of course, there's an exception to every rule because <laughs> everyone likes to work in black and white. I work in shades of gray. You know what I mean? Um, people need to realize literally anything will become normal with time. Yes, even Brandon's idiocy. That's not true. That Brandon. That's right. No, I've been friends with you for over 15 oh, years right. and I've Everything. not gotten used to you. I have not gotten used to you forgetting how to breathe sometimes when you're just sitting there and you're... you know, you just hold your breath in the moment, man. Save, save. I was going to make a point, time. but I totally forgot it. So it's okay. We'll <laughs> move on to the next topic. But again, I wanted to talk some AEW. Can we talk about the fact that the women stole the show on AEW? Absolutely <laughs> stole the show. And here's the thing, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker has happened before and they weren't that good. I have to give kudos to the two of them because they've stepped it up to the point where they stole the show on Dynamite. Yeah, I, I, think, it's the, I think it's the character, man. I think that's what's doing it for me. What, Britt Baker? Like the character, yeah, like her character changed. I think she's like found her, like I said, like with Grimes, like she's just like sort of found a groove now. She was, uh, I'd never, yeah. I had people telling me, first of all, when she turned baby or turned from baby face to heel, they said that's stupid. Britt Baker had the potential to be the best baby face AEW had in the women's division. And I started seeing, you know, you know, the little nuances she did as a heel and the little things, and they were hiding her inexperience. And it's literally, you, you started seeing like a confidence in her and you started seeing like she worked the camera better and she's just added little layers by layer until you got this finished product that you saw on dynamite this week with Nyla Rose, like you said, and it was just like, holy crap, that's the face of the women's division right there. And, and the funny part, she lost. Right. So I actually disagreed with that booking. But I'm also willing to see where they go with it. The only thing I had a problem with, I told you, why is Riho on the American side in this women's tournament? <laughs> Wait, no, is, is <laughs> Wait, there's literally a know. Japanese side. Yeah. So this is not a xenophobic are, are thing. Rio, Don't. There, this Rio is nothing and, like uh, that. Kenny Omega together or no? Like romantically linked? Does Kenny Omega even like women? Like all jokes aside, I don't oh. know. Oh, it's not important. No, it's not important. <laughs> But I'm just saying, if we're talking like your theory here, I don't, I don't know, oh, I don't know. Okay. Spec let's let's speculate. But my my point is, Riho is on the American side. I would be okay with that if there wasn't literally a Japanese side. And I get it because it's all about proximity. I guess Riho probably lives yeah. in the states now. But to me, it's just it's just a weird thing. Again, it's nitpicking. It's nitpicking. And oh my God, people are mentioning Kerwin White to Chavo Guerrero. Do not mention Kerwin White in this <laughs> podcast, please. Google that if you don't know what that is. Chavo Guerrero denounced his Spanish heritage and started saying, if it's not white, it's, right. it's not right. True and like, gimmick. And the only reason it ended is because gimmicks. Eddie Guerrero legitimately passed away. Only reason oh, it man. ended. 
horrible gimmick. But going back to it, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, I, I it's a little nitpicking, but I said, you know, the only thing I, I guess I would have a problem with is if Riho won the American side and then fought someone from Japan on the Japanese side, because then it would be like, <laughs> wait, 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 it's an all Japanese final, but we're promoting this as America versus Japan. Oh, man. Oh, wait. So, you, so now you want Riho to lose? No, I'm not saying that. Side. I'm just saying <laughs> that, damn it, Kenny Omega should have flew her ass to Japan, had her lose. <laughs> <laughs> fight over there. Oh, man. And people are saying Yuka. Is, are you saying that? I don't even remember. Is Yuka Sakazaki? So you, no, Yuka Sakazaki's on the Japanese side. But the Japanese bracket is simply just matches in Japan versus matches taking a place in American soil. No shit. I know that. But I'm just saying it comes across as weird. It Kitty is xenophobic. Have, right, right. The Asian guy, it. right. The Asian guy of the he, podcast is xenophobic against Asia. Asian, yes. Again, it's a nuance with the booking. But let's also mention <laughs> that on, uh, oh my God, Bleacher Report. They're having some matches there. Thunder Rosa be- and versus Riho being one of them. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be on YouTube, guys. And yeah, Fernando says, yes, duh, Ritter. Uh, right. As if I didn't know that. Thanks for mansplaining. I'm going to call it mansplaining. <laughs> I'm going to call it mansplaining, damn it. Just like that Snickers commercial. It's like, sorry for mansplaining against you. Mansplaining is where a man, I know what it is. Okay. Uh, Have you seen that? Manspreading is when. Manspreading, right. Like or. Manscaped. Let's go into the Manscaped song right here. <laughs> Getting ready for a date. Now I'm in the zone. But I had to clean up quick before I hit the road. Normal clippers mess me up. Nixon cuts were just too much. Now I'm bleeding everywhere. They're itching on me too. Every sleepless night, got too much hair down there, I need to mow it down, gotta stay clean to bear, but there's a better way, and now I can shave these things, this much I know is true. Use Manscaped to shave your pubes, and you'll be silky smooth. The Nigerian Prince of Dur- During that ad, well, we can never have a seamless production here. <laughs> During the ad, I tell, I'm talking to Brandon because I muted our microphones. And then I tell him, like, hey, all right, stop talking because, uh, you know, putting the mics back up right now. And he's like, okay. And he's still talking. Brandon, what is it? What is it about instructions that you don't like following? You don't you don't wear a mask when you go out in public. <laughs> you don't pay for a woman's dinner on the first date. No, you never you never do that. It sends the wrong message, all right? You you rent a hotel room Dutch. before you even go on said yeah, date and then rent, tell yeah, her you the room before. Yeah, you tell her afterwards, you're like, hey, I got if you True story. hang out. Yeah. But that's how that's how things are done in the dating world, Kenny. You got to get back, get back on this. Okay, so let's talk about this, actually. Hollis, and this is coming from, you know, I'm going to value her opinion here because obviously Hollis is a woman talking about the women's tournament, but I want to give my opinion as well. Uh, Hollis says, honestly, the American side should have been all in dynamite. Honestly, this is bullshit, and the Japanese side should be on dark. Uh, I kind of want to talk to that. Um, I don't disagree with the dynamite one. 
The Japanese one, though, however, um, I think is a really, really unique and cool way that they're doing it because what you're not realizing is obviously, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming you know this, but are mm-hmm. you saying that they should show, just show it on dark? Because dark's stacked as it is. To me, giving it its own show Monday at 7 p.m. is actually really good because obviously this is being shot in Japan, right? So this is being shot in Japan. Oh, my God. Brandon doesn't pay on dates for the same reason abstinence is the safest form of sex. Jesus Christ. Does Brandon sing along to his promo? No, he does not. (laughs) But, okay, I'm cool with it being its own show, right? Mondays at 7 p.m. because a lot of people aren't thinking about this right now. And I'll save it for the end. Didn't AEW announce that they're going to have a new show Mondays at 7 p.m.? So now they've conditioned the crowd. They've made, you know, chicken shit out, or chicken salad out of chicken shit. Because obviously they had a Japanese show here where they did, you know, they felt like it didn't belong because it was shot in a different warehouse. So they gave it its own time slot. And that time slot is now going to become AEW's new show. Hmm. Right? Genius yeah, if you think about it. Monday. Genius if you think about it. Secondly... Let's talk about the American girls being on Dynamite. I agree with that. I feel like the tournament should have been on Dynamite more. Um, That's kind of what I'm getting at, right? Um, That one, that criticism I'll agree with. But at the same time, it's like, you know, can we argue that the YouTube shows are better because there's more eyes on the YouTube shows? Because what people don't realize is like the YouTube shows get a lot of views. Maybe more than Dynamite. So can we argue that it's a better platform if you're trying to build them up? Again, we could agree to disagree. I don't know. but Look, um, Alex, I, I definitely agree that having four hours on one night is just insanity. I mean, what are we supposed to do? That's on the show Monday night. Well, according to the Wrestling Observer Awards, none of those assholes who are watching the, <laughs> the new AEW show on, at 7pm are going to tune into Monday Night Raw at 8pm they instead will tune into being the elite <laughs> they ain't going to tune into Raw so what does it matter it's not 4 hours for them it's going to be an hour and a half Okay, because they're going to watch BTE they're going to watch AEW Dark Elevation uh, and then turn, it off. turn right. it off and go to bed because they ain't going to shower they ain't going to wash their ass because <laughs> that's what Oh, Meltsy, Meltsy, Meltsy. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about AEW. Um, I shoot, Let's talk about those tag matches. Uh, Hollis, I agree. Yes, it should. Need more women's matches on Dynamite instead of a billion tag team matches. That's my biggest criticism with AEW. How many tag matches could we have? How many tag matches could we have? I get it. You want to get more talent like, out there, yeah. but fuck, man. I get it. Like WWE AEW doesn't... Thing? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I get WWE's talent, uh, tag team division sucks, but you don't just blow your load on your tag team division in AEW either. Um, Diego says, it's like how when people say, bro, this match is on main event, what a waste. Or maybe they want you to watch main event too. See, that one I can, I, I, I actually will disagree with a little bit more because main event's harder to find. AEW Dark and AEW stuff is, is right on their YouTube. You literally could just pull it up. Okay, so there's more eyes to me on there. That's, that's my point. So I, I give a little bit more love to... AEW Dark, okay? BTE is the best wrestling show on Mondays. Yes, you see? <laughs> you see? But let's also talk about, since we're talking about Wrestling Observer not being the most reliable thing, let's talk about uh, 
a report that came out that the sting was going to be ziplining to the ring on AEW Dynamite because it was a tape show, right? All these reports came out. Sting is ziplining. You heard it here first, that sort of thing. What did we see on AEW Dynamite, Brandon? Uh, we saw Darby. Darby <laughs> ziplined to the like ring. Which is exactly why I always tell you, do not take the dirt sheets as the gospel. Because the dirt sheets get it wrong most of the time. Just like Brandon's etiquette on a first date, as I keep calling attention to. Wrong. Dating the intention one, was good, but the delivery was all wrong. Okay? They so, both should have come down on zip lines. <laughs> they should have done. Look, all I'm saying is Sting is four years away from, co- from collecting uh, his retirement. All right? Hey, that dude's taking bumps like a champ, bro. He Can we say that how good that segment was? With Sting finally getting in some offense and, and, and kind of doing that, Sting did an amazing job. That's why people always, I, I always try to remind people, a 61-year-old Sting is still better than some people are in their 20s because it's freaking Sting. And so when people are like, oh my god, he's not, well, how do you take that bump? I'm like, because he's Sting. Sting's not going to do anything to hurt himself, except that Scorpion Death Drop. Because he snapped his head back. I was like, oh my god, what just happened on there? <laughs> people saying even... Brandon okay look perfect yeah. people are saying in the in the chat damn Brandon is getting buried on this episode that is the correct definition of buried do you see how I'm yeah, over that's right how over yeah, and see, over again I'm saying things that are detrimental to Brandon's love life that is buried I am burying Brandon absolutely I'll cor- I will burial, agree with that man. okay worse than the fiend worse than you're the worst of the year <laughs> no, wait, you were hating on uh on something else on, on Dynamite. You went to the long thing. I didn't know what this you was about. So yeah. this is where the chat's gonna really, really disagree with me. And and guys, people are saying rant. This is not even the rant. <laughs> but I know, I guess it is. I guess it is. Um This is mini rant. So let's talk <laughs> about this, right? I said, first of all, you always know it's a tape show because they seem to give the younger guys the main event spot, right? So this is my theory, by the way. Obviously, AEW Dynamite was a tape show. So you had a situation where, at least this is what I think, because there's nobody in the crowd. So what I'm thinking is happening is that they show the 8 to 10 p.m. show, and then they tape from 10 o'clock p.m. to 12 a.m. next week's show. So at that point, your big stars go home. They're already gone from the arena is my theory. And that's why they give like a Lance Archer or a Ray Phoenix a chance in the main event. It's my theory. But to me, it does not look good when one week you have Kenny Omega and John Moxley. And then the next week you have Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix. You know what I mean? It's not to take anything yeah. away from them. I'm just saying it's an inconsistency. So it looks like, okay, they were, they were the tape show. Does that make sense? But what I was critical of <laughs> was how Ray Phoenix took, uh, and someone tell me, I can't even remember the name of Lance Archer's finisher right now. Brandon, Google it. What's the name of Lance Archer's finisher? Lance Archer's finisher. Google bots. <laughs> I'll like- read this comment. The Rock buried Billy Gunn in the mic. Classic. And Cody Rose's entrance is buried. Yes. Cody Rhodes' entrance is the worst thing in professional wrestling. It's a little bit too long. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, what? Oh my gosh. 
Dang it. What is the name of his finisher? Somebody knows in the chat, right? I'm sure. Doesn't matter, but the point is... Dramatic. He, it's basically your reverse uh, Razor's Edge almost, right? The cruci crucifix bomb is basically oh, what people are saying, all right? So he does a crucifix bomb, right? So he holds the guy up. Brandon, Brandon, here, imitate it. All right, so I'm holding here. I'm holding Brandon up with his arm. So people, someone's held up like this, and then they do a forward flip. Now, in the main event, Ray Phoenix takes this move. Okay, they said it's called a blackout. Is that true? Okay. But anyway, he takes the move, and Ray Phoenix does this thing where he he almost like puts his head up, and he goes for a flip, <laughs> and. I told Brandon, I was like, I have a problem with the move here. Do you, do you see it? And he's like, no, I don't see it at all. And I said, look how Ray Fenix took the freaking move. He looked like he was trying to make it look pretty. And it's a problem I have <laughs> I actually. It graceful. Yeah, it's a problem I graceful. have with a lot of AEW. Because someone's not going and telling these guys, you got to make stuff look gritty and rough. It looks like you're freaking helping the guy. And you're trying to make it look pretty. If a guy has you up. For a crucifix bomb, a blackout, you're supposed to be head to the side, and you're supposed to kind of tuck and take the move. We went on YouTube, and I literally searched the best of Lance Archer, and it was literally a situation where we saw Colt Cabana, we saw QT Marshall, we saw Dustin Rose, and other people take this move, and I said, do you see how they did it? Pineapple Pete versus Ray Phoenix. Do you see how it looks compared to how he took the move? Every one of them, especially Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana is shaking his head, and then he almost like braces for it because it looked like, okay, I don't want. <laughs> Chris says, oh, my God, Kenny is saying that thing Undertaker is talking about. Not enough Kenny grit, no pretty. I am the veteran. freaking Undertaker. Hey, you know, I am the young yeah. guys, bro. These, to work. These young guys, you know, they don't sit there. They, they want to play wrestler, but they don't want to be a real man. <laughs> but yes, Kyle says classic Lucha Libre. That's what I'm saying. It was just too too much. Uh, it, it was not enough stank yeah, on it. Like a, a was, <laughs> right. It was it was not enough stank on it. It looked like he was ready for to flip into a pool, as opposed to t getting his face slammed into the mat. That's what I'm getting at. It's like literally grit your teeth and kind of go take the move and look like you're not helping the guy. Add some realism to the professional wrestling here, and. Again, it's I've seen people take it. Pineapple Pete took it better. And the way I said it was Ray Fenix has no excuse because he should be better than everybody that we saw in that video. He has too much experience to be doing shit like that. You could sit there and go, oh, it's a, a difference of styles. No, to me, it's not a difference of styles, because when you got people like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and stuff who could still sell their asses off while being luchadors and doing Lucha Libre things, guys like Silver King, guys like in guys who came out of that mexican system nobody can tell me oh it's a freaking it's a lucha libre thing because they're the the thing with Rey mysterio especially the reason Rey mysterio's stuff always looks so good was because of how smooth he did it but it still looked believable it's a subtlety that's what i'm saying here ray fanix needs to really watch that footage back and go fucking a like, some, can someone tell him, can Arn Anderson stop sipping his coffee for a little bit and go tell this guy, brother, you need to, <laughs> you need to sell this thing better. He should have twitched on the ground, like, when he, when he landed. You know, 
Made it on the opposite end of things, kudos to Ricky Starks. Mm. You know why? Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks amazing for one thing. You know, a lot of people, when they're about to get a dive from a suicide dive, somebody's hitting a suicide dive and they're standing on the outside, they'll start going, they'll start looking up and they'll start reaching for the guy like yeah. they're waiting for it. Ricky Stark gets thrown outside the ring, right? And the whole time he's stumbling and bumbling so that when the suicide dive came, he literally was like, last minute, oh crap, boom. That's how you're supposed to sell into the suicide dive. You shouldn't be standing and waiting to catch somebody. Of course, as a performer, you are waiting to catch your opponent and keep them safe. But Ricky Stark is a star for the simple reason that he understands. He's better than anybody gives him credit for. He stands out like a sore thumb. The fact that he fed into it and he was literally like, oh, okay. Oh, shit. That guy's a a future star. Put the title on that guy. He gets it. He understands the business. But I'm saying, again, you've been on TV long, so long. It's Again, you know, it's. I want to point this out. It's not the first time I had a problem with Ray Phoenix's selling. It's not the first time. I don't give that much shit to his brother. His brother could sell his ass off. But Ray Phoenix, for some reason... Doesn't sell as good as he should, all right? The only time someone should be looking at someone's dive, reading a comment here, at someone's dive waiting for it, is if if they're going to pull a Samoa Joe and move. Yes, as I call it, the affectionate nope that Samoa (laughs) Joe does where he just walks away from the move. There's a thing where, like, okay, there's a way to kind of see a guy in your peripherals when they're about to jump at you. So somebody should be kind of, like in the wrong direction before a suicide dive comes and then turn last minute right there's a way to do it and or even if you keep your head straight and you're still kind of like bumbling stumbling and bumbling it looks again it's just added realism because it doesn't look like you're waiting for a guy to jump on you it looks like oh shit i didn't see this coming and those little things are what make people great in the business okay I wonder if like the person jumping you know, feels a little bit better when he Kyle, sees them like kind of gives a shit as long as you're <laughs> caught safe. Kyle <laughs> hits a good point here. Kyle of Apron Bump, who by the way, we're going to have an episode. I won't spoil it, but look at his social media because we'll have an episode that we did together uh, pretty soon on Apron Bump podcast. He says there's such there's just such a hunger to create gifable moments now. Uh, wrestlers are more concerned with doing flashy moves for their highlight reels than they are selling and it yes absolutely i agree and it takes away from the match it really does because this is it's not about doing a high spot that's actually why i give the young bucks for the most part there's times where i give the young bucks shit but the young bucks sometimes they get it you know they'll they'll have uh nick jackson selling his back or or doing something like there's a lot of selling that's going on you know, so what, what are all the moves if you're not selling your opponent's offense? Because if you're just going to beat your opponent, it's a squash match, right? Wow. <laughs> what? Brand, let me hear Brandon's amazing insight. Look, well, somebody had mentioned uh, that uh, Starks was trained by Taker. So if there's something to that, no. that's pretty neat. Oh, okay. No? So no, uh, I don't think he was trained by Taker. Um... 
I remember there was a story that he saw the Undertaker in the gym or something, mm. and then I think they trained together. Yeah, oh, that's okay. like it, it wasn't like he was trained by the Undertaker per se. But Ricky Stark doesn't—he does not get enough credit for being as good as he is. Taker took Stark aside and he's like, "Look, check out my gym bag." He's like, "Hey kid," and he showed him his weapon. Hey kid, I, I need you to be a little bit more crusty out there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "All right, so- you need to be a crusty bastard. I need to see your yeah. balls in the locker room, okay?" <laughs> I need you to be. <laughs> I need you to not That's wash your scrotum for a couple days. All right. That's yes, sir. I can. Yes, sir. I can do sells. that. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. And Taker and Taker tested him. You know, like he'd be like Ricky Stark would be on on or Undertaker be on the treadmill, and he'd tell Ricky Stark, he's like, sit behind me. All right. He's like, all right, think fast, and he'd dive off the treadmill. And Ricky Stark and Ricky Stark's like, oh shit, and he goes, no, you're you're no. You're no feeding kids, too much, yeah. little kid. kid, kid. Yeah. You gotta make it look like you're not paying attention. <sighs> Amazing. The Undertaker train Ricky Stark. That's what I'm going with that story, yeah. okay? Alright? <laughs> Stark did great in SmackDown vs. Raw. Yeah, he was. He did some of uh, the mocaps and stuff like that for some of the SmackDown vs. Raw games, so really think oh, about uh, that. It's... Ricky Stark's good. A lot better than people realize. Okay? Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the passing of uh, Joseph Hudson, which I didn't put this on um, on my stuff. But Joseph Hudson, uh, if you were a fan of NWA Power um, or Impact, um, you might know him as Josephus. Josephus, I can't, I never can say his name right, so I apologize. Uh, and also the question mark on NWA Power, uh, unexpectedly passed away just the other day. I think it was Wednesday night, actually, uh, like 1 a.m., unexpectedly passed away. Uh, obviously, his colleagues were distraught. Um, they had a GoFundMe up there for $14,000 for his funeral costs. Um, I'm not here to brag, but I did, you know, donate like 20 bucks because I, it's one of those things where they uh, talked about him having like a young kid. And uh, that's kind of, eh, I, I almost should get into it, but that's one of my biggest fears is like leaving my young daughter by herself. So it's like, that's kind of like, I think why I felt obligated to like help out with the cause. Cause it was like, oh, I, and someone else had said it, like that was his greatest fear too. Like, you know, of like leaving his kid by themselves. And, uh, yeah, that is, that's, that's rough, man. Um, definitely, definitely a talented, talented person. Uh, we lost in the wrestling business. Um, and yeah, so again, uh, that GoFundMe, I think, is on my Twitter. So if you uh, want to donate, just let me know. Um, DM me. I'll send you the link. Uh, they've more than surpassed the goal. I'm not going to lie to you. They're at like 17000 uh, when I donated, at least, uh, when the goal was 14000 But the way I look at it is like if we can get a couple thousand dollars to help with that kid's future, uh, obviously, without now without a father, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, but anyway, um, Kyle says the question mark was so entertaining on NWA. Yes, absolutely. The segments he did with Aaron Stevens, Damian Sandow uh, were some of the most entertaining segments I've seen in a long time. I liked NWA power more than I liked impact for a while. That is how good NWA power was. It was a good show. And a lot of that was question mark and um, Aaron Stevens. Great segments. And so that's why when I say like I wanted to donate because of how many hours of entertainment he gave me, that was a legitimate thing I meant. It's not just the diplomatic thing to do. I legit was like, you know, I don't really know NWA too much, but like that guy caught my eye. And uh, his little promos that he did as well, too. 
But anyway, I know I took the mood of the show down, so let's get back into it, Brandon. What are we talking about? We're talking about love, you know? <laughs> Speaking of real <laughs> emotional segments, I guess we, we should talk about the Charlotte Flair and Ric Flair segment. I yeah, didn't feel... that was kind of weird. I mean, I, it was good, it, but it was weird. To me, it was inaudible that they called, because obviously with the whole Lacey Evans storyline kind of going to the side, Lacey's not going to be on the show anymore because she's legitimately Legit. pregnant, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is why they didn't have... Which Could we talk about the fact that they give Asuka a match on Elimination <laughs> oh, Chamber? Asuka. Why did they pull that? It, it, to me, it's like, I get it. Maybe there's somewhere you want to go with the storyline, but it really does set the precedent that you don't feel that the women matches mean shit compared to the men's matches. That's how I took it. And so I don't like you... I don't like giving WWE shit. Why the fuck couldn't you put Peyton Roy Royce in there? And then, okay, so. maybe you get the criticism like, oh, we know this was a throwaway match, but at least give them something as opposed to not having a Raw women's match women's title match, I should say, on Elimination Chamber, I was really critical of that. Really, really critical, because again, if I look at it from a female perspective, it would make me go, so we're not important to you? That's I how... I think they're going to definitely make up for it at uh, Fastlane. That's what's going to happen. going to really... A lot of people have asked my opinion on that, and they said, what do you do now? Because I said, I thought what they were probably going to do, maybe, was take Asuka and maybe facer uh oscar versus like a rhea ripley or something and then maybe take your uh charlotte versus lacey evans feud elsewhere but um now you have a situation where i think you have all the makings to do uh charlotte versus rhea ripley again have rhea ripley come in because she's debuting soon on raw have her come in uh, or Charlotte, actually, probably a better route to go is have Charlotte win the women's title off of Asuka and then take it to Mania. But someone made a point to me. <laughs> someone made a very good point to me. Yeah. And it was Joey of the Angle Podcast that, if you notice, WWE says, usually does, a one-on-one -on -one match with the women. And then the next title on the next brand, they'll do like a kind of more of a clusterfuck, either a triple threat or a four-way. That is true, except for, I think, the exception was WrestleMania 34. But now that we have Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks officially, definitely can see them doing Asuka versus Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Because damn it, you can't just have Charlotte not wrestle at WrestleMania. Vince is sitting there like, what? Lacey's yeah. pregnant? <laughs> what match can we put Charlotte in? Charlotte versus Brock Lesnar. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> unbelievable. Right. I buy it. But going back to that Charlotte Ric Flair segment, it was just like, holy crap. I don't think that was Charlotte Flair and Ric Flair. I think that was Ashley Flyer and Richard Flyer. Because it seemed like a legit thing that she was telling her father. So I feel like they just said, we don't know what the fuck to do. Just go out there and pour your hearts out. And they gave do, him that do freedom. Do you like seeing that sort of side of Charlotte? Did you, were you like impressed in any way? Or I, it it might have been one of the best promos she's ever delivered because it, 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 she almost like dropped the Charlotte per, uh, facade and kind of became herself. And I feel like I, I've been critical of the fact that how the hell is she a heel? I mean, sorry, how the hell is she a babyface? Because she's saying stuff like, I, I took the torch. I don't ca carry it from my father. I took it. And it's like, you come across as heelish. But this promo to me felt like, okay, I see the, the woman behind the character now. 
and it made me like her. Okay, so I was like, this was actually really good. And Bully Ray was actually uh, very, very appreciative of, of this segment too. <laughs> as long as Flair doesn't win another title for a while, I'm okay with that match. <laughs> I agree. I think Rhea's the person. I think Rhea needs to win that title. If Rhea doesn't win it, if Rhea doesn't get hot-shotted on her Raw debut, something's wrong. Because the Raw's women's division is lacking now, especially you got Lacey Evans gone. But hey, we might get swerved. Hey, what about a fatal four-way with uh, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Becky Lynch? Oh, dang it. No, no Ronda Rousey. Stop <laughs> thinking that I predict Ronda I Rousey all the time. I Rousey again, or I was getting hyped. No. Well, Brandon... I guess let's get into the two main topics here. The first one that I want to talk about, and you know, well, let's segue this because Sasha Banks versus uh, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair is going to be the first time two African American wrestlers are challenging for a world title at WrestleMania. That is huge, absolutely huge, and the fact that it's, it hasn't happened before is a damn shame. But I'm happy that it's happening and that we can correct that. You know what I mean? So. That's a huge milestone, okay? Let's not lose sight of that, all right? But speaking of African-American, Bobby Lashley might end up being... What? You're talking about what? You're going to talk about Apollo Crews? (laughs) Yeah, a real African-American. Let's talk about that before we get into it. But speaking of African-American, Apollo Crews, a year ago, Brandon (laughs) told me, I swear to God, Brandon told me, you know, Paul Cruz should be a Nigerian prince. <laughs> I'll be damned if not a year later. He literally was talking about how his grandfather and his, his family was royalty. And he came out with this new gear with the scarf. And he started talking with the Nigerian accent. And oh, I was like, man. oh my God, this is literally what Brandon said come to life. The only <laughs> difference is Brandon said verbatim. Not my words, Brandon's. Brandon said, uh, man, he should email people about how he's stuck in jail. Yeah. And that if you send $5,000, you know, you, do you remember the early 2000s? Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, the early 2000s uh, email scams, a Nigerian prince wants to give you money. That's where Brandon <laughs> took it, not me. Okay. But That's, uh, more, Apollo Crews, I, I expect him to be world champion by next year. Because oh, this... this- I love the way he said it too. He was like a real African American. That was his way of saying like, you know, not a black person in America, but someone from Africa that is royalty. The way he said it was so good. So good. I didn't see the, those promo skills uh in Apollo Cruz. And can we talk about you want to talk about outstanding wrestler wrestling observer awards? That's the guy who to me stands out. All right? Well, let's get into this. The fact that Bobby Lashley, as soon as he attacked Drew McIntyre, right? <laughs> I called attention to the fact that The Miz was talking to MVP backstage, right? So we all knew, okay, Bobby Lashley. The way I said it was like, come on, it's obvious, guys. Bobby Lashley's getting the first world title shot. I think that much was obvious. But we didn't know. <laughs> Fernando <laughs> says, it's sad that as intelligent as Kenny is, uh, Brandon has more predictions right than him. That's because a broken clock is right at oh. least twice a day. Hey, okay? Fernando, I appreciate it. Fernando is my number one fan. You know, he's just bringing up facts. That's all it is. When have you ever been right? Besides that, I am just. I should be booking these shows, bro. I'm just. I'm seeing the future here. 
Kyle says Cruz versus Big E is going to go down as one of the best feuds of 2021. I agree with that. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Okay. Um, but again, going back to Bobby Lashley. So he comes out on Raw and he gives him ultimatum. And he says, I was excited because he gave him till 9 p.m. and basically said, give me my title shot or else. So 9 o'clock comes. The Miz didn't give the title shot. But that's when we got the Braun Strowman shenanigans. And then he beat Braun Strowman clean. Now he's going to be challenging for the WWE title next week on Monday Night Raw. Give WWE uh, credit because they extended the storyline to another week. So they're going to get a little bit more ratings there, okay? But Brandon, I think, I think now is the time to pull the trigger on Bobby Lashley. He's the most mm-hmm. protected character in WWE. At what point do you not... At what point do you give this man the title? If not now, when? I was going to title right. the episode that. If not now, when? I almost, because I don't know what the deal is with uh, Lesnar. I hope it's not too late. But, like, yeah, we've been wanting him versus Lesnar for a while, and it never quite, you know, sort of materialized. And so it's like, all right, maybe now you got to hurry up and pull the trigger on this guy. I mean, he'd had a, he had a really good little feud with uh, Jim McIntyre before. You know, he had right. you know solid little, little now, thing there. Both so. of their both of their portfolios have increased. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you take that to WrestleMania to me. Okay, you take that to WrestleMania where you have Bobby Lashley face Drew McIntyre, and I'm okay with Drew McIntyre winning the title. Because Drew McIntyre can win the title, but Lashley wins it back from him sometime between April and August. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of people are gonna get disappointed. They're gonna be like, oh well, they used Bobby as a transitional champion. Sometimes WWE will give a heel a title just for a little bit to test it, show that he's capable, have him lose it, and then win it back and have his real run. Because what do you do with him there? You alluded to it. Take him to SummerSlam to face Brock Lesnar. Because one of the dream matches that we've all been asking for since Bobby Lashley's come back is Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar because we never had the opportunity to get it. They just they were like uh, ships in the night. They just missed each other the first go around. Bobby Lashley came, what, 06? Brock Lesnar was there in 04. Similar characters, similar strong men. We want to see it. So imagine, again, and people are like, I don't want to see that match. because, But you're not thinking, the people who are bitter, I should say, but you're not thinking about how it, I'm thinking about it, right? Bobby Lashley is the strong, dominant heel, and Brock Lesnar is a babyface. That match would be money. Because then you also don't have Paul Heyman cutting promos for, for Brock Lesnar, right? Brock Lesnar's going to come in as the, like, I don't need to talk. I'm just going to kick your ass kind of guy, right? So MVP can sit there and go, you've been the dominant champion. You were the dominant champion. But this man is the future right now. This is, Bo- Bo- this is Bobby Lashley's WWE. This ain't Brock Lesnar's WWE. Your time has passed. And Brock just comes out and goes, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Bam. You know, and that sort of thing. Give credit to the fact that Brock Lesnar can be a really good babyface. Y'all got worked a little bit there. He was literally meant to be the do-nothing heel. Watch what happens. Mark my words. If a babyface Brock Lesnar faces Bobby Lashley, watch what happens. And yeah, Kyle says it. Like what Biggie said. Big, strong, man, slap it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, though? Well, yeah. I'm also like... I'm. I'm kind of actually excited on what they're going to do for Fastlane. So that's like a big thing they got to build up. Like what, what they got sort of cooking up for that. You know, I don't want to say it 
but to me it's like Drew McIntyre might come in and and uh because he wasn't on Raw last week, but Drew McIntyre might come in and kill the match between Lashley and Miz, so they run it back again at uh, Fastlane, and then you can have Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre at a uh, at Mania. So I could see that happening, but for the love of God, I just want Bobby Lashley to have the title for a little bit. Is kind of my point. <laughs> and people, you see, people in the chat who, mind you, hate Brock Lesnar are saying, honestly, I'd like a babyface Lesnar, and that's what I'm saying. Having that ass-kicking dominant machine, no nonsense, trust me, there is definitely room in WWE for that kind of Brock Lesnar right now, as much as people want to hate Brock Lesnar. To me, it's like, you know how we all were clamoring for a heel Roman Reigns because we saw the potential? That's how I feel like you should look at uh, Brock Lesnar as a babyface because he has the potential now that he's built himself as such a dominant heel. All right. Um, I don't say this much, but I'm glad Vince is protecting Lashley and booking him like a monster he should have been when he came back. Yes, I agree with that. Absolutely agree. Hit a thumbs up if you think Bobby Lashley should be a WWE champion right now. And don't forget to subscribe. Ring that. that bell so you know when we're live. All right? <laughs> Brock versus Lashley, the battle of unintimidating voices. Can we give them both credit that they've gotten so much better than what they sounded like back in the day? Especially Lashley. He actually sounds dominant now. No pun intended because of Dominator, Bob, Bobby Lashley. Anyway, um, yeah, Brock is a face in 2003. Brandon and Kenny, uh, when Heyman turned on him with Big Show. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, that wasn't even the most shocking thing that happened in the week. The Miz cashing in the money in the bank and this whole storyline. Wow. What is it? What the is most it? shocking thing that happened will be the last thing that we talk about. I woke up Wednesday morning and I woke up pretty late by my standards. You know, I woke up at like 10 o'clock and I saw the news announced that one Paul White signed with AEW. Now, because I wasn't so conscious at first, I kind of went, oh, Paul White signs with AEW. Okay. Because I didn't recognize that name at first. But then I went, holy shit. Wait, Paul White's the big show. It clicked. Big nasty. I said, holy shit. The big show signed with AEW. Now, it's been reported that he's going to be uh, a commentator with Tony Schiavone on the new show, as I alluded to early on, which is called AEW Dark Elevation. Now, the current Dark was never meant to be what it is now. If you noticed, AEW Dark is actually just full of wrestlers who are not signed with AEW. Um, it's literally like a three-hour long show now. It's almost too much, Right. Elevation is going to give the platform for those newer stars to be on their own show and to get the exposure. So now that is going to be the new show. Dark can get back to what it was going to be the whole time, which is a secondary show to Dynamite. It was never really meant to be like a kind of, I don't want to say a throwaway, but to be an elevating this younger talent. It's supposed to elevate the roster that they currently have. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of excited to see it because remember this, right? This is what people aren't thinking of. Eventually, AEW is going to go back on the road. Okay. So when you go back on the road, what happens? You do not have a platform for all of these younger stars. So I feel like Tony Khan here made a really good decision, which is basically said, okay, we can't get when we go back on the road, can't have these younger stars on there. 
you know what? Let's give them their own show. So why not have maybe these younger stars out of, you know, Florida wrestle at Daly's place still, even though you have AEW on the road? Get what I'm saying? I think this is, again, making a chicken salad out of chicken shit. I think this is a good situation. This is Tony Khan preparing for the future. And kudos to Tony Khan. All right. But again, going back to it, who's announcing there? The big show, Paul White absolutely amazing did not who could who saw this coming if anybody tells me they saw the big show signing with aew think they're full of shit but it was really funny to see all the people who hated the big show all of a sudden become big show fans because he's in aew (laughs) melzer's melzer's got this melzer's working these guys man that was the melzer theory right there because how can you say a 49 year old big show is past his prime he's full of shit and then all of a sudden oh my god the big show yeah, I, I always thought the big show was just, you know, was going to be sort of WWE. The lifer. A guy, lifer. Yeah, yeah, like for that, and that was how it's going to end, you know, the Hall of Fame, that was it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so like, to see him like popped up in AEW is like crazy. But I guess they're throwing some serious money around. So but if you pull up, if nuts. you pull up the footage, yeah. I, I pointed this out. I said, what was the big show's last appearance in WWE? Remember Randy Orton punked him out? Here with Randy Orton, yeah. yeah. How on Legends Night? Day, that probably that was, uh, yeah. I, he probably will never say it publicly. But how the hell do you have the Big Show, who is not retired, by the way? My point is he can still go, but you have him look like a chump to Randy Orton. And I get that they were trying to build Randy Orton, but the fact that he went to get up and Randy Orton like sat him back down and he like pie faced him. It really damaged the Big Show character, so I I kind of see. I I would have taken that as a personal shot too, if that was the booking. I don't know how so Mark I don't know how Mark Henry did it too, but Mark Henry at least had an injury, like a legitimate injury with his leg that he could you can attribute it to that. But what were you saying? Yeah, I was saying is now is he just doing announcing stuff, or is he gonna mix it up in the ring? Maybe they flat or? out said. That he signed to do a little bit of both. Oh. And, crazy, here, and people are asking, Kenny, uh, I need someone to sing the Big Show theme on this podcast. Go ahead, Brandon. Well, it's the Big Show. Which one are you singing? All right. You're singing the, the, the last one? The, we're, well, the Big Bad <laughs> Show tonight. Come on. Yeah. You know, we can actually, both Brandon and I can actually play that song on guitar, so we should grab guitars and play it. We should just do that, which that should just be a video we post. It's just us singing the Big Show song. But the precedent, to me, the precedent that it sets, the Big Show showing up, you know, Paul White showing up in AEW, is holy crap, man. It now makes me think that anybody can go from uh, WWE to AEW. Because like you said, I thought this guy was going to be a lifer. But he's signing with AEW because he wants to help the future. And it makes me think, holy crap, how many other people are disgruntled in WWE, even legends that can go to AEW to help? Yeah, I forgot about uh, Shaq and possibly Show mixing it up. (laughs) I know, WWE didn't do it. WWE didn't do it, but hey, you got the big show and you got Shaq. Um, that's going to be a stack dynamite. First of all, that's going to be a stack dynamite because you got Shaq and, Sh- and Jade Cargill versus, uh, versus Cody and red velvet. And Hey, speaking of Jade Cargill, I kind of wanted to make this point. I thought about it later on. We said it in the last episode, right? The big show 
we talk about him as a legend, right? Do you know when he won the World Heavyweight title, that was his first match? So don't tell me, Ooh. don't tell me that some people shouldn't be hot-shotted into the main event scene in the first match. Because the Big Show made a career out of it. There are some people you just can't deny. Big Show was definitely one of them, okay? Um, everything Pro Wrestling. I think it's a chance to proper, properly use Big Show. Use him like Andre. Give him wins. Put him in a battle royal and have him put people over. I agree. The Big Show, if he wrestles that Andre style, he could wrestle until he's 70 years old. I don't mean that literally, but the point is if he does that big lumbering style, he's a giant. He could still go. Big Show in WWE was never used as the attraction that I think he was supposed to be used at. He's supposed to be a guy that only shows up every once in a while. And you're like, oh my god, here's the final boss. You know what I mean? That's what they should call him. They should call him the final boss, Paul White. Know. That's a badass nickname right there. I'm going to tweet that at Tony Khan. Hey, Tony, lo <laughs> lo lo love the show. <laughs> you know, kiss his ass a little bit. And then I'll be like, why don't you call him the, the final boss, Paul White? All right. You know, yeah. you might not even have to go to Khan. You could probably just go to Wrestling Observer, and then they'll get it to By the way, I noticed that. You know when you notice you have little habits and you didn't realize it? I noticed whenever <laughs> I, ma I made a good point or something, I watch back the episodes, I do this. I like adjust myself. <laughs> it's a little, little thing wow. I do. I want you to pay attention to the episodes. Whenever I feel proud of myself, I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously... That's how you book that guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to ever touch the title, right? I think mm. to me, though, you give him the title even for a day for one reason. He'll go down in the history as being the only guy to have won the WWE, the ECW, the WCW, and the AEW championships. Mm. How freaking crazy is that? Because understand that there's not really many people in the business still that can accomplish that feat. So to me, you do something like that just for the, the sake of it. But of course, it's going to get heat when they do it. Oh, 49-year-old wins the title, but y'all had a problem with Goldberg winning the title. To me, again, you do it for the it's history books. Fuck the fans. Sometimes it's not about the fans. It's about the precedent it sets. And I think that's one for the history books. Okay? <laughs> um, Paul White will join Bullet Club like Hogan joined the NWO Uh that's why Kenny never adjusts himself. Damn. Wow, that's messed up there, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe down the line, any time in the next six months would be too soon. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, get, I get what you're saying with Kenny Omega. Um, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that you have the Big Show win the title. I keep calling him the Big Show. I'm sorry, guys. I'm all WWE. I'm a WWE mark, damn it. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I thought he should have always kept his name uh, the Big Nasty Paul White. I thought WWE should have never changed that. That was a badass nickname. So I feel like you could use that in AEW, the, you know, the big nasty Paul White and get away with it because uh, it's not trademarked. Um, but I, I feel like you can get away with giant Paul White as well. I think that's the route they're going to go. But damn it, final boss Paul White sounds the best. Hashtag final boss Paul White. Tweet it out at Tony Khan and tell him that I said it. All right, put me in the booking there, Tony Khan. <laughs> I like that. I'm like, I'm a big show shit forever. They want, to, they want to change now. They want it now. Big Show's winning the title now. He's just going to show up at Revolution. He's going <laughs> to give a knockout punch to Kenny Omega and win the title. Uh, here's a question What was better, the Giant Run or Big Show Run? 
Uh, Big Show. Nah, no. Because the Giant... Okay, I'll give it this. The Giant had a better run in the beginning. Uh, but then he just joined the NWO and that was it. Uh, whereas the Big Show had a better overall run in the WWE. What do you think, Brandon? I, I, didn't, I didn't get to see much of the Oh my God. Remember, his name is Paul White, just for the record, yeah, for the audio exactly. version of this. Sorry. So someone's... Uh, <laughs> Someone's suggesting the name White Power. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. Damn, that would be so good. But I think I think so you good. say I think you put Paul White as AEW World Champion on a marquee and you get wrestling fans to pay attention. That's my point. Okay? So eventually you do it. Brandon White, yes. No Brandon, uh no more brown, only white. <laughs> That's his saying. Yes. Okay? But guys, let me know what you think in the comment section if you're watching this after the fact. What do you think about Paul White? joining AEW because I think it's this is going to turn the corner for AEW I think the ratings are just going to go up speaking of which just to touch on it AEW had 831,000 NXT 734 the reason I'm happy is because both of them grew their audience I don't give a shit who wins the fact that both of them grew the audience on Wednesday night to me that's that's where your money is and uh people saying I say big show but giant was dope giant Giant was inexperienced as much as as good as he was. He was inexperienced, right? But yeah, Kenny Paul White can manage Jeff Cobb if he leaves New Japan. Uh, I don't think Jeff Cobb needs a manager. And, and to me, Big Show can't manage because why would you want to see anybody else with Big Show? He's the attraction. He would literally down his client. Just saying. But Paul White versus Will Hobbs or Brian Cage. There's money right there. There's absolutely money right there i'm excited to see where aew goes but guys we've gone a little bit long here i want you to thank it's almost midnight brain's almost a whole different day but oh, i want to thank yeah. everybody here for joining us and we will see you on the next one